0: church in okinawa message never forget it hallelujah anyhow amen when you don't know what else to say when you're not sure why all hell's breaking loose in your life when you're not sure what why you're going through the circumstances you're going through you just say well hallelujah anyhow because i'm not in charge he is amen amen you know, I never read where Paul tried to pray his way out of anything he was going through. Well, there was one place. He tried to pray that God would take that thorn in the flesh away from him. Now, I think, because it, cause it says that he was, that was there for to keep him humble, because he was going to give him revelation, and he didn't want him, him to get the big head, and think it was him and not God. So I just, me personally, I think that, in the flesh with circumstances in his life that just kept coming at him. It just like, just make you just want to just scream and run down the middle of the street, you know, and say, why me? And we feel like that sometimes when all seems like all health is breaking loose in our life. Amen. But we have to realize that God sometimes is causing us to go through things in our life for us. To be humbled like Paul was. Because if if Paul needed to be humbled, I'm sure I know I need to be. Amen. And if I'm asking God to give me greater revelation and understanding and wisdom and knowledge according to what he is and who he is and and about his word, then I know I'm going to need to be humbled if Apostle Paul needed that. And so, it's almost like you're praying that upon yourself. But, you know, I want to stay humble i don't know about you i want to stay humble and stay underneath his authority because i want i want in my own mind i always want to know that i it's not me you know it's when a man like brother parker takes it it's not him it's god through him you know out of out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water and that flow doesn't just happen one time when we receive the holy ghost that flow is there all the time, and those rivers are different things, you know, and operating in our life. That's just what I believe, and so we want that flow to continue. Amen. And I don't want to cut off the flow by me being trying to push God down and me try to run things and me try to control things. I want Him to be in control always. Amen. Because I'll surely wreck the bus if I put my hand on the wheel. Amen. I love that song. I didn't. Didn't know that song. It was a good one. And so as Brother Parker was singing that, I was sitting there thinking about my two-mile runs in the military. When he was saying that about the last mile. And, uh, you know, guys would take off when they would, you know, whatever they said go or shot a gun or something, but we would all line up for our PT test every six months and they would they would start the clock and everybody would take off and some of those guys would just take off like jackrabbits and they would just they'd be a half a mile ahead of me before I got around the first turn and I'm thinking I'm gonna see those guys again and it's not gonna be at the finish line. <laughs> and I would just pace myself through the majority of that two mile run. But when I get to about that last quarter mile, that I had paced myself to the point where I had already caught up to those guys that were the jackrabbits at the beginning of it, and they were they were huffing and puffing and trying to make it, and I didn't know if they were going to make it. And some of them came a-walking in at the end of the run because they ran all their gas out at the beginning. But I paced myself through that run, and, and that last quarter mile or so was when I really put... I really pushed myself because I was all about not just finishing, right? We all knew everybody was gonna finish whether they got a a, a higher you know grade or not on their run, but it wasn't for me, it wasn't just about finishing. It was about finishing with the best time that I could finish with. I wanted to get a max on my run, and I usually always did. I couldn't max the other two events, but I was a runner. I enjoyed that and so I knew I had I had it down I knew how to do it I knew how to pace myself and then give that last sprint at the last quarter mile and, and so I guess I'm saying all that to say you know it's really at the end of the race that's the most important it's how you finish you know and I never just sauntered across the line I never just said well I still got 30 seconds before I can get the, min- the bare minimum to just say I passed how many wants to just barely make it in? Not me, Amen. I want to do my very—I want to be doing my very best when that trumpet sounds. I want to be pushing as hard as I can push for the kingdom, Amen. I want—I want I to get—I want to give him my best time, Amen. I don't know why I had to say all that, but I just felt prompted to say that. Um. Does anybody else need a one of these lessons? Up here everybody good? Do you need one? We're all good. Okay. Praise God. So we have been talking about becoming a spiritual warrior. Amen. And and so we kind of had some some groundwork that we laid. And then we we began to talk about uh, last the last time we were together, we had to skip a Sunday for our Easter service, but the last time we were together, we were talking about the initial stepping into the battle, and that's probably the hardest part, you know? The, the initial, you know, the starting of a basketball game or the starting of a football game, you don't know how it's going to go, and so you've got to still go out on the field, and you don't know how the other team's going to be, and you don't know how the other boxer is going to, what he's been training to do, but you've got to go out there and at least start, and so we've got to get into the battle. And no, no soldier really, really, really wants to go into battle. I mean, because they know that something they're going to get hurt. They might step on a mine. They might, they, might, they, might, they might even die in that battle. But when it comes right down to it, if you're a soldier serving in a military, in our military, I'll use our military, and you know what the, the, the ultimate reason that you're fighting is for not only your freedom but the freedom of the people of your country, you're willing to step out into that battlefield and die if necessary for the thing that you're fighting for. And the thing that we're fighting for in this battle that we're that we're in, because I will tell you this, we are in a battle. You are a soldier in the army of the Lord, whether you realize it or not. And so... We've got we are in the battle and so we've got to decide if we're going to fight and if what we're fighting for is worth fighting for. How many believes that what we're fighting for is worth fighting for? Amen. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad that somebody felt like it was worth my soul was worth fighting for to fight for me in battle and prayer. Because I wouldn't be standing here today if they hadn't if somebody hadn't interceded and travailed. For my soul, maybe not specifically by name, but somebody was fighting for me when I didn't know that I needed to fight for myself. Somebody was willing to do what need, they needed to be, to be done to, to set me free. And I'm thankful for that today. And so the next part of the battle, and, and, and a lot of this that I'm talking about is in reference to like physical battles, like the battles that Israel had to fight. You know, God said that he was going to give them the promised land, right? And that he said that not only were they going to go into the promised land, but that each one of their tribes was going to receive an inheritance of some land that they defeated. And so that meant that they had to go fight. Even though he told them, I'm going to go in battle with you and I'm going to win the battle, he still made them go in and do the physical fighting. That means they still had to train. That means they still had to prepare themselves and keep themselves. And and in all that time, they had to keep themselves in line with him. They had to keep themselves pure and holy and righteous and all those things that he asked of them to do. He he told them several times throughout the Old Testament, if you'll obey my words, if you'll do what I told you to do, if you'll follow me and not follow after the other gods, because he knew they were going to be confronted with other gods when they went to these other cities these other places and he warned them you're going to you're going to run into this stuff so just be aware that you're serving me and don't don't let yourself fall into that trap and so and so they they fought those battles and God gave them the victory when they did it God's way and what happened when Israel didn't do it God's way when they said well we'll check back with you and they and what happened they they come back with their tail between their legs some some of them didn't come back because they went against the will of God. So if we go against the will of God, is that can that be detrimental to us? Absolutely. <laughs> you want to get a whooping from God? <laughs> just just kind of do things your own way and say, Well, I know this is what God told me to do, but I think I'm going to do it this way. Get ready to get a whooping. Amen? And so I thank God for that. I thank God for those times that he said, No, that's not what I told you to do. I thank him that he's, he humbles me and he, he causes me, and I'm thankful that he puts in me a desire and, and something in me that, that says, yeah, okay, you're wrong. I'm, to myself, I'm saying that. You're wrong. You know, you're, you're supposed to follow him. And so Israel had all these battles. You know And I was talking about in the beginning how it's not just one battle that wins the war, but it's many. And so we're going to fight many battles in this race that we're in. And when do we get to stop fighting? Huh? That's right. We don't. We don't get to stop fighting till he says we're done. Like, like that drill instructor that had me down the front line the rest said, "I'm not tired yet. Keep pushing." <laughs> right? They still do that. Yeah. Yeah, all 45 of us. I'm not tired yet. Y'all keep pushing. Right? And I just wanted to be in his place one time just just to do that, just to feel that feeling of that power and that control of all those guys. Amen. And so we don't get to get out of this battle until the Lord says we're done. Amen? And so we, we fight a battle. And a, and a basketball team goes out and they get into a game, or a football team, and, and or a boxer, they they've got the guy on the ropes, and or you've got the other team on the ropes, and and you're you're up ten points. Is that the time to let up and say we got this? Just, no, that's not the time to let up. That's you got to keep pressing, you got to keep fighting the battle. Because what if you if you let up, what's that other team going to do? They're going to find a hole in your defense and they're going to start scoring on you and the next thing you know you're going to be the loser at the end of the game And so we've got to stay in the battle we've got to keep the pressure on the enemy. when you're, when these when these uh, people in these battles that Israel went on it was like a hand-to-hand combat with a sword that was about that long and so you were shield and sword face to face with your enemy. You know, you didn't hide behind a rock or in a foxhole and shoot at them from 300 yards away. It was it was hand-to-hand combat. You were you saw the enemy face-to-face. And so we face the enemy every day of our life. And so we've got to go into these battles. We've got to win these battles. And one battle after the other, you keep pushing on the enemy. What are they going to do? They're going to turn tail, and they're going to start running. They're going to pull, pull back to the rear, try to recoup, and try to Try to reestablish themselves and with and so you can't you can't pull back when that happens and say, Yay, we won that battle. Let's go take a break. And when you do that, what's the enemy doing? They're regrouping. I don't know why my mouth is so dry this morning. Probably this allergy. <laughs> <coughs> And so we don't want the enemy to recoup. We don't want the enemy to have a chance to reinvigorate himself. We want to keep the pressure on. We want to keep him on the ropes. And so we've got to keep going to battle. And sooner or later, the enemy's going to turn tail and run. And so we've got... So what did they do in those battles in that day? They didn't just stand around and say, well, look, they're they're running away. They pursued them. And it was kind of a... The way I kind of see it, it was almost kind of like a gaggle. It wasn't like... If you have a picture in your mind of the Civil War where they marched in rows toward the enemy, everybody was just chasing the guy they were just fighting that turned tail and run. So it was it was not really an organized thing they were just hollering and had their sword in the air and they they were hollering victory and so they had the enemy on the run and so what did they do? they kept pursuing the enemy. you don't let you don't let him have a moment's rest because our enemy he doesn't sleep while we're sleeping. Anybody ever had anything happen where you wake up and you know that's not a vision from God? That's, you feel like some spirit is messing with you in your sleep. I've had to wake up many times and, and bind spirits that have come into my, my room, I, especially when I was in on AIM in Okinawa, I had one wake me up in the middle of the night and I knew immediately that that was not of God. And I sat up in my bed and I just began to plead the blood because I knew that spirit. And I had remembered the man of God that had been my pastor, telling me about those same kind of spirits that would come into his bedroom and try to press him down and try to to push him down. And I felt that that same heaviness come into that room. I didn't see anything, but I knew something was in my room, in my apartment. And so I sat there on that bed for 10 or 15 minutes, and I prayed, and I pled the blood of Jesus. And eventually that thing lifted. I felt a peace in the room. I laid right back down with sleep. And so we're fighting battles, and he's not going to let up on us. So we can't let up on him. You know, that, that key scripture that we read for the whip. Uh, well, let's go ahead and read that. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. <coughs> when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? It was kind of a rhetorical question. And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Anybody ever felt? Remember that day when the revelation of who Jesus was came to your mind? I can remember it. I know where I was sitting. I was in my quarters on Camp Foster. and I remember it clear as it was yesterday. I remember when it happened, when God opened my eyes and I saw it, that that revelation. That's what happened to Peter. He received that revelation. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, or this revelation that you've just received, I'm going to build my church. And it says right there, and this is jesus talking now he says i will build my church right so whose church is it and who is the church that's that's his body right he's the head or the body and he said i will build my church that's the first time i don't know if if i said this before that's the first time that the word church is used in the bible and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and we talked about gates being stationary gates aren't offensive they're defensive gates are stationary the the gates of a city were stationary they were planted in the ground with walls connected to them all the way around so the gates of hell are not coming against us we are the we're the offensive force we're the fighting force that's coming against the gates and he said i will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom wow we have the keys to the gates we have the keys. We have the power. We have the authority. We have His dominion living inside of us. We have those keys. Amen? Let that sink in for a minute. We have the power and the authority. We are in a battle, and we and He's already won the battle in His mind. God is omnipresent. He's already at the end of time. So in His mind, we, He's already won the battle. All we've got to do is step out into the battle and do the physical part that he asked us to do. And he, he's going to give us the victory. But we, there's a doing. There's a part we have to do. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. Shall be bound in heaven. In one translation it says. That shall have already been bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth. Shall be loosed in heaven. Or shall have already been loosed in heaven. Because, because again in God's mind. It's already a done deal. So. This indicates to me and to us that we've got some binding and loosing to do. Amen. You know, the church in the, the church in the first century, they, they, you know, they if you read that in, in, the, in the epistles, there was a lot of stuff going on. The church was suffering a lot of persecution. They were suffering through a lot of things. Paul was going through a lot of things. Why? he wasn't just sitting back amen we are not going to win this battle with fellowship we're not going to win this battle with programs we're not going to win this battle that we're in by just coming to church if if the truth be known the devil that's all he really wants us to do is just come to church And there's nothing wrong with those things. Don't get me wrong. We need those things. We need those programs. We need something that people out there can come to and that we can allow them to feel the love of Jesus Christ and to hear the gospel and to make a decision and that they can come and be a part of what we're doing. So don't get me wrong in what I'm saying, but those things is not how the church won the battles. And what got them persecuted and all those things in that day. They were out there in the fight. Amen. If, if Paul wasn't doing anything that was worth fighting about, they wouldn't have put him in jail. They wouldn't have stoned him nearly to death. They wouldn't have done all the things that he, that he talks about, the shipwrecks and all the things that he went through. And so we haven't suffered unto blood yet. Amen. Amen. Just because we're sitting here on the corner of Charles Street and Logan, right? The devil doesn't care if our church is here. Just because we're here doesn't mean anything. Yes, we are a lighthouse. Yes, we we should be a force to be reckoned with. Amen. I was sitting there thinking, as Brother Parker was singing that song, I was thinking about some history I read about Pentecost back in the day. And I I would assume that, that this was directly related to the type of prayer that they were praying, the intercessory and travail prayer that they were praying back in that day. They had people literally walking down the sidewalk in front of the buildings that would just fall out in the Spirit right there on the sidewalk. The power of God was so strong coming out of that building that people would just fall out in the Spirit talking in tongues laying on the ground out in front of the building. They didn't even come into the building yet. They didn't even know why that happened. Amen. And we hear stories today of somebody, you know, Pastor Brother Grant was talking about this couple that just walked in his church. And now they've, they've become faithful. And he's having Bible studies with this couple in their early 50s. And just a lot of things. They're sharing things with him that are very intimate. And God's, God didn't just open that door because Brother Grant's a nice guy. Amen? Somebody in that church, somebody's been praying. Somebody's been interceding. Somebody's been travailing. Somebody's been bringing forth birth. Somebody's been fighting in the Spirit on their face before God. The the battle that we fight now is not a physical battle necessarily. You know, how many loves their flesh loves to pray? I just love to take an hour or two or three of my own time and just go pray. Right? My flesh loves that. No, it doesn't. My flesh doesn't want to pray. And when it comes right down to time to, to do that, what will happen? Our flesh will fight us. Well, I got this to do, and I got stuff to do, and, and I'll do it in a little while. Amen? But that's not that's not putting us in the battle. I have all these great notes, and I haven't looked at them yet. <laughs> so. Thank God that maybe this just him talking and I'm just letting him talk. Amen. Is this okay? I apologize if I'm not following the, the outline. Amen. But there's the, the battle that we're fighting and then there's the next battle. And we can't, we can't get ourselves lifted up in the fact that we've won this battle. We've got to continue to pursue because if we don't, the enemy's going to pursue us. And He's going to beat us down. Amen. The Bible talks, talks about the enemy wearing out the saints. And He will do His best to wear you out. He will do His best to beat you down. Amen. He will do His best to create division, strife, envy, and all these things in the church. Why? Because if He can get us bickering and fighting among ourselves and being divided... You know, Jesus said... A house divided against itself cannot stand. He was he was being accused of being the devil casting out devils. <laughs> and he just kind of laughed at him and said, Yeah, the devil's gonna cast himself out. A house divided against itself cannot stand. There was a principle there. And so the enemy is gonna use those things, and so we in our battle, we've got to be careful that we don't let these little things in our life come up and crop up in our life, this bitterness, this anger, this, these things, we can't, we can't let the enemy get these little toeholds in our life. Because if we let him, if we take ownership, because he only works in our thoughts, he only works in our mind, he has no power over a Holy Ghost-filled person except we let him. Right? Because the one living in us said... All power and authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. And if he's the one that has all power and authority in heaven and earth and he lives in us, that means what? We have that same power and authority in us. We just don't use it. Right? I can own a 69 Mustang Stingray, I mean a Corvette Stingray, and have a full tank of gas in it and have the keys. But if I never go out in the garage and put the keys in it and start it up and back it out of the garage and drive it down the road, it, it does me no good at just sitting there in my garage. So I've got all that power. i got to take and put the keys in it and use it. Amen. And so the enemy is going to try to come into our mind and, and bring all these things into our mind, these suggestions, and get us divided among ourselves. And if we take ownership of that, if we let him have his way with those thoughts and ideas and those mindsets and those concepts that he puts in our mind, those little trick that little trickery that he uses on us. If we're not aware, if we're not focused, and we let we let those things ride and sit in our mind and we take ownership of it, he is just basically in, a, in essence taking us captive at his will. Amen. And so we've got to stay focused. We've got to stay focused. We were talking about it in our P I classes this weekend about uh, intercessory travail and warfare prayer in brother uh, boyd's class on the uh, empowering the apostolic minister i think is what the name of the class is called and we were talking about that and 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 you know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal you can't fight this battle in your in your mind with with just your intellect with just your your great thinking and all these things it's it's a battle that's got to be fought in the spirit amen the Bible says, "For we know not what to pray for as we ought to." But what what does it say that His Spirit it makes intercession for us? He'll give you things to pray about. Uh, Brother Boyd was saying, "There's times when he gets in prayer, and when he gets up, he doesn't even remember what he prayed for." And why is that? Because God was giving him things to pray for, and it wasn't about him remembering it or writing it down on a list. It was just he was just. He got in prayer, maybe started praying about some stuff in his mind, and then he ran out of things to pray about and just started praying in the Spirit. And the next thing you know, you're praying for stuff in tongues and in the Spirit. You don't even know what you're praying for. I'll never forget the couple that God laid on my heart on a Saturday night with our young people in the church in Okinawa. I, don't even, I didn't even know their name, but I felt that come upon me to pray and to intercede for somebody so heavily that I, I did that until I felt it lift. And long story short, it was a couple that was going to commit suicide that night with razor blade. And the guy, the guy and his wife showed up at church the next day and got the Holy Ghost, got baptized in the East China Sea in the middle of a, of a, of a typhoon. Amen. God stopped the waves as soon as we went down that water. And he, the next wave didn't come till we left. Amen. And that man pulled that razor blade out of his wallet when they testified that evening. You know, and it was just amazing to me. God will use you. God will use us to intercede and travail for things and situations in this city that we have no idea. Amen. And that, that's how people come walking in the door like Brother Grant was talking about. Somebody had to be interceding and travailing, and that couple had to be sensitive to that and, and feel that drawing on them. And they had to make the decision to go to the house of God. And what was amazing about that story, Brother Grant, was saying the guy had come to the church with the intent that I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost within two weeks. And he didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was. He actually told Brother Grant, I don't understand all this stuff, but I told my wife. And he actually called Brother Grant and said, I I let my wife down. What do you mean? Well, I told her I'd get the Holy Ghost in two weeks and I haven't gotten it yet. (laughs) Brother Grant said, well, no, I don't think you let your wife down. But God didn't let you down either. But you're going to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so so those things don't just happen. And it doesn't just happen by us stopping on the street and talking to people. It's not that we can't do that. But if we haven't plowed the ground, you know, we were talking in the office about plowing before the planter. I was driving back from Eau Claire yesterday. All the implements are out there plowing the ground up. They're putting the seed down. They're spraying stuff. We were talking about this the last time. A lot of preparations going into place. And in about another 30 days, we're going to see little sprouts of corn popping up everywhere and all kinds of stuff. So there's got to be preparations. There's got to be battle ahead of time. Amen. And so we've got to keep fighting these battles. I'm watching the clock. In case anybody's wondering. Our commander-in-chief, who is who? God. States that heaven is his throne, and what? The earth is his footstool, right? And in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that we, he is the head of the body, which is the church, which is us. So if he's the head and he's up there, seated at the right hand of power and authority... And we're his body on earth, and the earth is his footstool, and we're, which means what? We're his hands and his feet. That what does the Bible say? That it says that um, that we will bruise his head, and that that he will be under our feet shortly. So what is what's the what's the whole purpose of the enemy being under your foot? What did they do in in the battles when they would? And I'm kind of getting into next week's lesson, but when they would when they would capture the king, they would bring him before the victorious king, and, w- and they would put him on the ground and put his their foot on his neck. And what did that symbolize? We have authority over you. You're under our feet. You 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 have no authority anymore. And then they would kill him. But it was a symbolism of it. And so God is telling us the enemy's under our feet. He's already under our feet. Does that mean we just Come to church and sit around and wait for Jesus to come. No, we still have to go. They still had to fight the battle in God's mind and God's the way God looked at things. The enemy was already under their feet, but Israel. He told Israel, "You got, still got to go to battle. You still got to fight. You still have to dispossess the enemy." Right, and what it, the great thing about that was when they went into a city or went into a country and dispossessed the enemy. That enemy had built buildings and barns and and all the stuff was all there. All they had to do was just take the enemy out of it. And so the enemy had already built their buildings for them and already been maintaining everything. And so we got to, I was thinking about that in in the realm of what we are today as the church. You know, we, we, we go into a city and we've got churches all over this country that are sitting in buildings that somebody else built that church denominations that couldn't keep people and they ended up leaving the building sitting empty one of our pastors home mission pastors comes in and there's a guy in kentucky that that is sitting in a church twice the size of this one and it was a a building sitting empty in, in a city for two years and he got it for next to nothing and he walked into a church with everything pews instruments everything sound system the whole the whole thing Amen. So we are dispossessing, this is the way I look at it, we're dispossessing the enemy in our city. There's there's buildings that God wants to give us here. I I just believe that. Okay? He wants to give us whole buildings and whole congregations. With all their finances and all this, everything. But we've got to pursue that. Amen. He's not just going to come give it to us because we're so good and we're just so apostolic and he just likes us so much. Amen. If you want something bad enough, what are you going to do? You're going to pursue it. Amen. You know, back in the day when we didn't have all this credit, how did people buy stuff? Back in my grandmother's day, they saved up, they pursued it. They saved up every nickel, every dime, every dollar they could save. They wanted that couch. And they would save and save and save and save until they had enough money. And so they were, what? They were pursuing having that couch. They were doing whatever was necessary to, to get to that end. Amen? Amen? And so we are his body. Amen? And Satan's influence is supernatural. So we're not going to win these battles in the flesh. We're not going to win them with our intellect. We're not going to win them with our mind. We're not going to outthink the devil. In everything that we're doing, we're going to have to go to war on our knees. On our faces before God. And he is, you know, the battle started when when Satan wasn't satisfied with not being able to make any decisions. It started in heaven. Amen. And that's what got him kicked out of heaven. He didn't he wasn't satisfied with God making all the decisions. And so we gotta be careful of that. Amen. And our enemy, he's still mad at, at God. <laughs> Is <it> baby shouting. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And so we, we've got to win this battle on our needs. Amen. And as I've already indicated, we're not going to win it with programs. We're not going to win it with fellowship. Those things are good. Those things are necessary. I love all those things. But that's not how we're going to win this city. That's not how we're going to win this battle. Amen. one of the statements in in the lesson that Brother Boyd was teaching was, every revival is preceded by intercessory prayer and travail, birthing babies, pushing back the enemy, pushing back the darkness, Amen, if you talk to if, if Brother uh, G.A. Mangan was alive, if you you could ask his wife, sister Mangan, she's still alive, she'll tell you to this day when they first got to, to Alexandria the first three weeks they were there, they didn't knock on one door. She said they went to prayer and they went to fasting. And before they ever knocked on one door, called one person or did anything. and in three weeks God told Brother Mangan, I've given you authority over the prince of this city. go. And he said it was just like, she said it was just like they just started coming. Amen? So, that, that's how it works. You know, you know, if I, to me, if that worked for them, that works for anybody that will do it. Wow. Amen. Hebrews 2 and uh, 9 through 10 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man, for it became him, for whom all things, for whom all things and by whom all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. It's, we're going to suffer some things. It's not going to be easy. The battle, battle, going to battle is not easy, is it? I've never been in battle. I spent ten and a half years in the army. And never went to combat. Just training. But I knew guys that did. My son went you know, over to Iraq. He was there in a combat zone. And so I really don't understand that. But I do know in the spirit there's, there's going to be some battles. I've fought some battles since I've been here. I, I can tell you right now that the prince of this city does not like me and my wife being here. And I feel it almost every day. Like, it's like he comes and visits me in my living room every morning. He tries to push me down and tries to discourage me. And I have to fight that every day. Because he's not letting up and I'm like, I'm just looking at him going, I ain't letting up either. And you've you've already lost. So you might as well just turn tail and run, but he won't. Amen. So that lets me know when when I deal with that every day, that lets me know I'm right where I need to be. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because otherwise he wouldn't even be fighting me. He wouldn't be worried about me. Amen. I want the devil to know who I am. I want God to know who I am, but I want the enemy of this city to know exactly who I am. Amen. And he, he knows he's, he's already lost, but that's not going to stop him from fighting us. Amen. Because who do we represent? The one he hates the most. The God that kicked him out of heaven. The one that he tried to usurp his authority. He, so if we represent him, he's going to fight against us all the more. Amen. Amen. There's a song that 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 we sing. I don't know if we've ever sung it here, but it says, "I'm going to the enemy's camp to take back what he took from me." Amen. King David almost got stoned over a situation where all everything from Ziklag, when they got back, was gone, and his 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 own faithful men were going to threaten to stone him. And what did he do? He went and got the he got the ephod and said, "Okay, God." What do I do? Rise up, go. You're gonna recover all. Amen. So they had to do something. He had to go to prayer. And what happened? They recovered all, but they still had to go. They had to grab their swords and their shields and they had to go. Amen. And they were outnumbered. But who won the battle? They did, because why? Because God said, Go. What do what do I do, God? and that's what we need to do. We need to go to God and say, what do I do? How do I fight this battle? As I heard one preacher say, God's always talking to us. It's just that we're not listening sometimes. Amen? So we got to have that. We've got to pray that God will give us a mind to hear what he's saying. You know, as I said in the beginning, out of, his, out of our belly shuffle, rivers of living water, he's, he's in us. He's talking to us. He's, he's giving us all that we need right here. In this cavity that he filled us this empty place amen Luke 11 21 through 22 when a strong man armed keepeth his palace who's the strong man that we're talking about here the devil the enemy his goods are in peace amen so if you're in your house and you got the doors locked and you got all your stuff in there your house is at peace the thief can't get in right but when a stronger than he shall come in upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. Amen. What is what's Jesus trying to tell us here? What's he trying to say? We've got we've got to go bind the strong man. And we can't do that with our intellect. We can't do that with our great ideas. It's gotta be in prayer. We've got to go to that battle. Mark 327 says no man can enter into the strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then will spoil his house. And there's a strong man in this city and he's got a lot of people minds bound in this city that bound to the point where they believe they're okay. Amen. I remember when I was in that place where I drank the alcohol and smoked the dope and did all that stuff. And I thought I was okay, but I wasn't. But I was blinded in the believing that I was okay. Because I wasn't killing people or robbing stores or doing any of that kind of stuff. So I was okay. But I wasn't. I was lost. I was blinded. I was bound by the enemy. This is his temporary territory. The Bible says he's the God of this world. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them. So God, Jesus acknowledges, the Bible acknowledges that he is the God of this world, but it's a temporary thing. Why, why do you think Jesus, when he went into the wilderness and was tempted of the devil, and the devil tried to offer him all the kingdoms of this world and all the authority, and he, he just looked at him and said, this is, you're, you're temporarily in charge of this stuff. I'm going to have it for eternity. Why would I take it from you, you little You little imp? This is my translation of what he said <laughs> but that's what he was saying I'm not going to take this temporary thing from you when I'm, my father in heaven's going to give it to me for eternity I'm going to be over all this so you can't give me something that's already mine And this you know this this principality and power and ruler of darkness of this world he's already ours but we got to go fight him. I think Brother Grant said it yesterday. He's not just going to turn tail and run just because you walked into town. You know, like the old westerns. <laughs> sheriff walk into town. <laughs> you know, and all the bad guys just run out of all the bars and leave, right? <laughs> oh, that's not how it happened, right? <laughs> they had to have a battle in the streets, and the sheriff had to win. He still had to fight the battle. That <laughs> and... Once again, Matthew sixteen nineteen says, and, and we shall be given the keys to the kingdom. Folks, we have the keys to the kingdom. We have the authority. We have the power. Those keys are, are the revelation of who Jesus is and, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and all these things, these tools that we have, but we've got to use what we have. Amen? Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I give unto you power. That word power is exousia, which means authority. I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Not literally serpents and scorpions, but it's talking about, because it goes on to say, and over all the power, the supernatural ability, that, that word power is different, of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. The one that has all power and authority in heaven and earth is dwelling in us. We got to get that in our spirit. We have that authority to speak you know the the state trooper that pulls you over he has the authority of the governor of the state of Wisconsin to deal with you about your situation that you're in. And he's and if you've ever been stopped by one of those guys, they speak with authority, don't they? they're, they're not they're not wimpy about it. they well gee, uh, is it okay if I give you a ticket? <laughs> no, they got that that thing on and they're they're in your face. And They're very nice about it, but they have that authority. You can feel that authority when they you know, when those blue lights are flashing in your mirror. You feel that authority, don't you? That says, "Don't ever do this again." <laughs> and what do you do? You're good for about a week, and then you go. <laughs> you're like me, <laughs> just just fudge a little bit, right? Amen. Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen and nineteen says, "And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power." All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. And then he turns right around the next statement and says, Go ye, therefore, teach all nations, baptizing in in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What was he saying? All power and authority is given to me. I'm giving it to you. Power of attorney. He is giving us the authority to use his authority on this earth. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not it's not our intellect. It's not the things that we can let's see how I can beat the devil today. Let me let me think about it. Maybe I can read some books and no, 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 no. We that's not how it, how it works. The devil will laugh at our intellect. Amen. He he fights in a spiritual level, so we gotta fight. Our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. It's through God, not through us, it's through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I challenge everybody this week. If you're not in the battle, get in the battle. Get in the fight. Go home and, you know, search yourself and and ask yourself, am I doing everything I can do to be in the battle? Am Am I in the battle with the rest of the soldiers? Amen. That was the worst feeling in the world. My son, when he was going to go to Iraq, he had this, and I'm finishing up, He had this little stipulation in his contract that he could have got out of going to Iraq because of his contract, and it was his decision. He came to me asked me, what what should I do? I said, I don't don't know. (laughs) Go find some counsel out there. You know, you pray about it. So what did he do? He could not stand the thought, Brother Marcus, of going into battle, of his guys going and him staying behind. It just tore him up. So he went to his commander and said, I want to sign a waiver. I am not letting those guys go without me. If we're going to battle as a unit, I'm going to. And so he went. He didn't know what was going to happen, and he was advised not to get married until he got back. And so there was that chance. I knew that, him going over there. I knew there was that chance he might not come back. But he was willing to make that decision and that choice. And that's kind of where we are. We've got to make that decision to go for broke. Everything, nothing matters except the souls out there because that's really what we're all about, isn't it? It's not about our comfort. It's about the souls of the kingdom, amen? How, how many wants to see this place filled up to overflowing where we got a serious problem where the cops are stopping and knocking on the door going, you're blocking too many sidewalks on this street because you've got too many people parking all over the place? I want that problem. Amen. Amen. So let's come back next Sunday. I'll finish this up and go ahead and take a break for about 10 minutes. Come back ready to hear Brother Miller preach.